Hey, what's up, everyone? It's another episode of Draw and Talk. It's your boy, Tyler Carpenter. Real quick, hit the subscribe button for more uh, podcasts like this and videos where we talk about indie comic books and just comic books in general. Today, I have a really awesome guest. His name is Mark Zuptich. He's currently working on a Kickstarter, Into the Darkness. It's going to be a, a big series, but right now they're doing the, the first issue on Kickstarter. So go to the description, and there's a link below for you to check out the comic. And if, you so, if you're interested, uh, let's help get this book funded but mark thanks for being on the show well thanks for having me tyler it's a pleasure for me to be here tonight so um i guess let's let's uh first off well let's get you to plug let's get you to plug your book for like the first like uh three minutes so that the, that's the first thing that people listen to if they decide to like oh i don't want to listen to this video at least they get the plug <laughs> so yeah too long didn't listen <laughs> exactly uh, so tell us about tell us about into the darkness and why we should buy it um, Into the Darkness is uh, it's a project that's been culminating for about 20 to 25 years now, and I think that's one of the key strengths that we have is we've got a really solid story that's been completely mapped out from beginning to finish. Uh, we are launching the very first issue, so you can get it on the ground floor here. I think it's a great story that crosses genres. It's action, it's horror, it's martial arts. It's got a little bit of black comedy, witty banter, character drama. There's something here that I think everybody's going to love. And uh, the story revolves around a young woman who has some tragedies in her path she's trying to deal with. And she runs across a guy that's gifted or cursed, depending on your point of view, with visions. And he sees the past, the present, and the future. And it throws her life into an entirely different light and sets them on a path towards, well, confronting something very evil that's lurking around. So uh, it, it's going to be an interesting ride. And I just, I can't say enough how passionate I am about this. We've taken great care with the characters in the story to try to make it as relatable and believable as possible, even though it involves, you know, animated dead things and superpowers. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's awesome. That was a really good, uh, that was a really good, like, summary. Like, you just had oh, that down. You. Did you have that written down? Or No, no, I didn't. I just kind of make it up. I know this property really well by now. Um <laughs> <laughs> 25 years drills it into your head man yeah that, 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 that that's a good that's a good pitch um everyone um take note if you're listening to this that if someone says why should i buy your book and you've got a minute you take that minute and you fill it up with everything that was an awesome pitch. that was an awesome pitch yeah i think the only other thing i could throw in that the other interesting uh unique value we have here is that each contains story arc um, is going to be separated by a little bit. And so after each little story contained ends, uh, the story is going to jump forward a year to the next story arc, almost like a television series with the next season. Oh, that's awesome. So characters are going to age in real time. That's awesome. So, and you're the, you're, so you're the writer and penciler of this book. Um, this is just, this is just out of curiosity for me. How long does it take you to pencil like a page? Uh, you know, that honestly depends on the page. There are some where I can whip out a page in a couple of hours, mm -hmm. and there have been other pages where there's a lot of crowd detail in the background. There's like one panel in particular in the first where there's a crowded coffee shop outside in the morning, and that took me forever because you're just drawing random people mm -hmm. sitting at tables with coffees. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, you know, you do stupid things like you draw a railing because it's an outdoor patio, and you make the railing with the, the little metal bars in it. And oh, you man. stop and think, why did I not make that a brick walk? Because then I wouldn't have had to draw the people through. <laughs> I'm an idiot. But I did it in the first panel, so now they've all got to have the metal slat. Yeah, like, forever oh, now. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, and you're, and and then you have uh, Sean Barber. Is that his name? Yes. So you have Sean Barber um, inking it. Um, also, another question out of curiosity: 
Um, did you did you ever consider inking it and maybe coloring the book yourself? I did, but it became quickly apparent that I didn't have enough time in a day for that. <laughs> okay, okay. So this is good. This is just a way to like subsidize some of the work, the workload. Yeah, absolutely. I'm quite capable of inking and coloring. I think honestly, I think Sean's better at inking my work than I am because I'm a little too stiff. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got a little more flow. And I'm glad we've got a really talented colorist in Chris Hall who uh, does great things with our work because uh, I color all the promo images that you'll find on our website or our Facebook for the most part. Mm-hmm. But um, it's just it's too much for one person to do all of it. No, I'm looking at the I'm looking at the Kickstarter right now. I mean, these pages are gorgeous. Thank you. So um, everyone, you should I should uh, check this out. And how many pages are in the first issue? Uh, the first issue is 20. Then we're going to jump up to a standard 24 after the first issue. Sweet. Um, no, that's we awesome. just ended up at a good stopping point at twenty. So we figured instead of cramming it with a filler, we'll just cut it there. No, that 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 that's a good that's a good um, that's a good place to stop. I have a series. It's like it, we're uh, finishing the fourteenth issue right now, and it, we every issue is like twenty pages. It's I feel like twenty pages is a good stopping point. Yeah, yeah, I but, agree. Um, so our topic today, everyone, is we want to talk about the differences in writing and fan service between major labels and indie writing. Um, I've talked about this before, and I've got some other episodes that I've recorded that I haven't put up yet, but I will be putting up uh, within the coming weeks and months. Um, about this topic, I mean, in the indie world of comic book making, you can take as many risks as you want, and I feel like a lot of indie writers and comic book artists just with their properties are not taking the risks that they should be because they're trying to be too mainstream. Um, like, I don't know, Mark, what do you think about this topic? Uh, well, this is a topic that's near and dear to my heart, man. It's, uh, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I read a lot of indie comics these days and I agree. They're trying to be too mainstream. Um, they're trying to do the, I'm afraid to upset my fans, so I'm not going to take any risks. You know what? I'm going to kill characters off in my book, and if I do, I expect hate mail, because otherwise I'm not doing my damn job right. Yeah, kill them. They're dead forever, <laughs> and they stay and dead. Is, and that is why we have that as a rule on our webpage. Dead is dead. <laughs> <laughs> There's no coming back. We need to think about this. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I think a lot of writers are just trying to get into that mainstream niche appeal, and they're really missing out on the point of doing an indie book, which is you don't have to play by the rules of the big two. Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, like, um, when when I read, I don't know if you, do you read, I don't know if you read uh, Scott Snyder's Batman run. I, I praise it. Yeah, but absolutely. Like, when, but when Batman died, you know in your heart of hearts, he's not dead. No, he's not dead. Just like every time Jean Grey dies, you know she's going to be back in a few months. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's true. Even in the even in Infinity War, like at the end, have you seen Infinity War? Yes, I have. Yeah, spoilers. Spoilers. If you haven't seen it, like that's your fault at this point. But like <laughs> when I saw some of the people die, like when I was like Winter Soldier, I was like, okay, like I guess he could be dead, dead. And um, when I saw, I was like, Vision, dead, dead. Scarlet Witch, dead, dead. But then the moment I saw um, Black Panther disappear, I was like, well, he's not dead, dead. Yeah, bull. He, he, he just made a billion, his movie made a billion dollars. His movie made all the money this year. There's no way that he's dead, dead. And then when I saw Spider-Man die, I was like, they already told us that Spider-Man 2 is coming out soon. So Yeah, Homecoming 2 comes out soon, and Guardians of the Galaxy 3 is currently filming, yeah. and I know everybody is on the cast list. So. <laughs> yeah, right before, right before I saw Infinity War, they, they tweeted, uh, they, they tweeted uh, we're going to start filming Guardians 3 soon. And then when I saw the movie, I was like, 
Well, I know y'all are still alive since I saw that tweet. So, death... oh, let's face it, we know they're trapped in the Soul Stone. Come on. Oh yeah. Oh, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, they're trapped in the Soul Stone. Um, that's some deep comic book lore. Yeah, I feel like Loki's probably dead, dead. I but... hope. He, yeah, no, he's dead, dead. He. That's true. He's dead, dead. But, um, but yeah, mainstream comics, they they don't they don't take risks. I mean, I think. I think someone who has been taking risks with some of the properties is, I don't know, maybe Tom King's Batman right now. I mean, Batman's getting married. That's pretty risque. I, I'm aware that it's happening. I have not been reading Batman. I kind of stopped reading at the Rebirth section. <laughs> mm, oh, shame. Rebirth is so good. I know. I've heard it's good. I just ran out of time, and I had to divide. I got addicted to East of West from Image, so that took up a lot of my time. Oh, is that a good series? <laughs> Oh my god, it's amazing. I'll have to, to check that out. I, Batman's the only one I really keep up to date with, but most of the books I read are Image. Their Image is such... and But, the, but the, that's the thing, but though, with like Image, they're independent, and they take risks risks on their books. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's a, well, Honestly, I'm quite shocked that it took this long for Wolverine to come back from Marvel right now. That was so surprising. Like, what has it been, like 18 months or something like that? No, I, I mean, well, hold on. I think he died also like three years ago. Two or three years ago. Was it whichever it was? It's been longer than I expected. Yeah. So that's... because it's been old, it's I think he's it's been stuck as old man Logan for like the last like five years, and now the original, the present day Wolverine's finally back. Yeah. But that's surprising how long they did that. But that's but the granted they could they could supplement that by having old man Logan in it. Future yes, Logan. They, exactly. So it wasn't really a risk because they still had the character somewhere to draw off of. Yeah. And like I don't I don't know if you've like noticed in like some of the comic book forums that we're part of, but I feel like a lot of uh comic book creators their go-to is either is like they're like, "Hey, I've created a superhero universe." And I have all <laughs> these connected stories and I'm just like, "You mean like the MCU or the DCEU?" And like all these powers. And I'm like, "You know, you can do a book that isn't that doesn't have superpowers. You can do a book that doesn't have like superheroes or you could if you do do something unique with them. I mean, I'm right now working on a book. This is my this is me finally announcing what I'm working on in my head. Oh good. Plug your stuff, man. <laughs> no, Plug no. It. I'm working on a crime graph I'm working on a crime noir graphic novel series currently, but like when I have like thirty minutes of like free time, I'm trying to create a superhero comic book. But they fight they fight food. Like mutant mutated food. <laughs> and at the it. and at the end of each issue will be the recipe on how to on how you can make the bad guy and eat it. Oh, that is fantastic. That is so unique. I've never heard of anything like that. Yeah, so I'm trying to like figure that out, but um but you, but you can take I could take that risk. I don't think Mar- Marvel's not going to have Spider-Man go and go up against like a big sandwich. I mean, um <laughs> but I guess I'd love to see it. That that would be cool. But with your book, you told you um you were telling me that um it had a very like X Men feel when you first like conceived it like back in high school. <laughs> Along the way, it it became its own voice. That was privileged information, Tyler. No, oh, I'm kidding. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> um, no, it's I fully admit, uh, and I have said this on other outlets before that when I first conceived it, I was 16 years old. So, uh, you know, I, it, it was an X-Men ripoff. I was just ripping off the things that I liked and trying to make something because I was wanting to be creative. And then uh, five years later in college, I went back and I looked at that again. And I said, hey, you know, the stuff that I did to try to differentiate it from X-Men, if I strip that stuff out and build a book around it, 
Now it's not a ripoff. It's something really unique that I've never seen before. And it's something that I can do if I do it independently, because it's not something that I think would hit mainstream and be, you know, I'm trying to say it's, it's something that I think is just so cross genre and its own little niche that I don't think it would be that kind of book. So what, so what about it were, what about, what aspects of it were very mainstream? And then what did you take out that ultimately made it to, that ultimately gave it its own voice, do you think? Um, Well, originally it was typical, you know, costumed superhero team. Okay. And it was a ripoff of everything from X-Men to Wildcats, you name it, it doesn't matter. (laughs) (laughs) It's, you know, it just had that look to it, that kind of feel and look. It was the same, same, same. And so I realized a few of the powers I'd come up with were really unique, and I stripped those out. Then I stripped out that whole team background and said, well, instead of making a team book about an actual team, how about I start this with everybody in their own areas and try to slowly bring and merge everybody together? And then it's never really going to be a cohesive team so much as a bunch of people thrown together towards a common goal who might not even like each other at times. Well, that and right there, I mean, right there, that's that, that's unique because like most books, the team is already set and they're together and they're all like, "Wolverine, help me!" And it's like, "Yeah, I will." And um, with something like this, you can have the dynamic of the character being like, "I don't know, I don't know if I want to help you. I don't like you." Yeah, or you get like you know the the Teen Titans type stuff where I think was was that the one I'm thinking of like the old school where Robin just goes and somehow magically gathers the Titans together in the yeah. space of like 12 pages and there's suddenly a cohesive team. Yeah, suddenly <laughs> we don't know how or same with same with the Justice League movie somehow they all were like yeah let's 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 be a team for no yeah, reason. Yeah, let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just didn't make any sense to me to do it that way. So I thought, you know, people are going to have conflicts. Some characters are going to get along, others are not when they're going to form little alliances and groups within that subset. And then when those meet up with each other, they're probably not going to get along very well because we've got two distinct feels in the first issue. We've got two characters who are like the classic, you know, do-gooder superhero types. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, we don't want to hurt anybody if we don't have to. We don't want collateral damage, this, that. Then you've got the other three who are just loose cannons and cut from the same cloth as Wolverine and the Punisher. And, and like with your, I'm, I'm just looking at the art. Everyone, can you just please go to the Kickstarter page? I'm still staring at this art. Can everyone please just like, <laughs> well, thank you. Check this out. No, it's just like, um, I mean, I don't have. I, it's not even a spoiler because it's on there. But I mean, just the like the emotional dynamic of like, I'm just gonna narrate for people of like this guy. He runs in to the house. He grabs his shotgun. There's some impending doom, and then are they zombies? Uh, think of our villain as a supervillain who has the superpower to be a necromancer. Okay, I like that. You don't, yeah, see, they're that, not you don't see that. Se. And uh, I think the unique thing about the way we play off the zombie angle is that he resurrects the dead, and what kind of zombie it is depends on how fresh they were killed. Mm-hmm. The older ones are going to appear like your classic shambling zombies because motor functions and muscles have decayed. Okay. Something that's a fresh kill, though, is going to look, move, and talk just like you and me. It can pass for human. Even talk. As long as there's no visible wound. Dang. Um, so, and I like that there's a little a, bit of a different. And there's a time there. jump a 20, 21 years later. Yes. Uh, what you're seeing at the beginning there, that promo, is uh, our main character Jennifer's backstory. Okay. So, those are her parents in the uh, promo. Oh, and her as a baby, because she's a baby. Yes, that is her and her twin brother as children. Well, there you go. I'm already intrigued. 
Yeah, I've got people already like, you know, messaging me and emailing me with theories. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, flip like, no, that I just I find that so intriguing when people are able to come up with idea. I mean, when I first um, look at it, I'm like, oh, it's another zombie book. But then when you finally get to talk with and this is why I also just love doing this podcast is um, when I finally get to talk to the creators, I finally get I find I got to I got to see what that what, what's going on on in their head. It then makes me go, yeah. I want to. I'm very interested um, in their book, and I feel like a lot of creators they need to have their voice. They need to have their voice, like you know, given out to the world to convince people to buy their book. I mean, um, Kickstarter is great, but like I don't know. I don't know something about typing, reading something. It doesn't. It's not as convincing as hearing the emotion from the writer. Right, right. It, I agree with you 100%. You need to feel that uh, connection that we have to our property. Yeah, and like you're passionate about it. Like this is something that you want to do and like I you're guaranteeing like this is going to you guys are putting your whole heart into this story and you, and I can tell. I um I haven't I didn't even look in these pages until we were talking just now and I I can already tell that you know this is going to be a good book. Thanks. It's um yeah, I think it's you know, I love that the internet has made it possible for creators like me to put these independent books out here. It's uh, so much easier. 20 years ago, this wouldn't have been possible. Between Kickstarter and social media, um, it's, it's just a ripe field for the taking right now. And, and there's there's no bad ideas. You can just put it out there. <laughs> no, it's true. They're really if 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 you I mean you can have the craziest idea, and it just takes enough people to be like, yeah, I want that. Yeah, when there is a comic book out there called Shirtless Bear Fighter, you can do anything. <laughs> and it's awesome, by the way. Is it really? <laughs> I'll have to check it out then. I'm plugging Shirtless Bear Fighter right now. Um, <laughs> um, and so do you feel that, so I guess, you know, you've had this, you've had this desire to make this comic book. What made you then say, Mark, I need to freaking get my act together and just get this story out? Like, I turned 40. <laughs> <laughs> to be bluntly honest, I, I was right after I was, uh, I think it was after my 39th birthday, I sat down with Sean and uh, my cousin, Andrew, who was working on the book with us. He had to take a hiatus because of some personal issues. Uh, I'm pleased to say he's actually working on the cover for the first issue right now for me. Um, he's, he's a very talented artist. He's The plan was for him to take over pencils after the first couple of issues. Um, but... Where was I going with this? <laughs> oh, just like why? Why did you decide no, to start? Uh, so this yeah, after my thirty ninth birthday, I uh, I called them up and I said, guys, we've been talking about this for a long time. I'm not getting any younger. I'm going to be forty next year, and I know that's not old, but it meant something because I realized it meant I've been sitting on this exact incarnation of it for almost twenty years. Now, granted, it's evolved and it's been tidied up and it's been cleaned up and a lot of things have changed, but once I cleaned up the original version. This concept has been around for almost yeah, two decades now. It's everybody that we've shown it to, everybody that I've had read the first two issue scripts said it was like nothing they've ever read before, and they were super excited for this to get made. And I said, you know, we've been keeping it to ourselves long enough. It, it's time to put it out there and see what happens. And and so with that, with with that being said, you know, now that you've you know turned on the ignition and you're starting to do this. How often do you think we'll be able to skip? How often? So after the funding of this first issue, when do you think we'll have it in your in our hands? I know you guys have seventeen days to go, so June twenty fourth. When when will it be in my hand? 
or the goal the goal is by the by the end of august i'm looking to try to do early to mid-august but that all depends on my full-time job to be honest Mm -hmm. um i work as a front-end web developer it's a really demanding job for a great company but um it it does take a lot of my time sometimes and my willpower (laughs) no I, i i believe it it's and yeah that that day job grind yeah, so it's August is the goal here. Um, I, I don't like, as I think we discussed before the uh, recording started, uh, I don't like when I back a Kickstarter for a comic book and a year passes and I still don't have anything in my hands. I'm not going to do that to people. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. <laughs> that kills my credibility. Um, in fact, as soon as the pencil artwork is done for this issue and I pass them on to my inker, Sean, I'm going to immediately start drawing issue two. Oh, boom. Uh, so, that, that's that's the that's what I was leading up to. My second question was, when is issue two going to be starting? That's awesome. Um, I would I would honestly, if I have my way, would like to have both of them out this year. Well, that's that's also what I want to hear. That's yeah, that's that's what I want to hear. Um, I would like to have both of them out this year, and I'd like to wrap up the first season next year if I can. It's uh, I, I'm in go mode. That hey, that's what I want to hear from an indie from an indie uh, comic creator is that you're in go mode and that you're gonna push be pushing it. I'm not gonna because even after you have the first issue, you know, if it if it's gonna take like a year or two later to get the second issue, by right. then I've by then I've kind of like not even ca- I don't care about your property anymore. Exactly, and I don't want to lose that momentum we've gathered. I mean, we put together over fifty percent of our funding in the first weekend. Wow. So we've got some momentum. I don't want to waste or squander that. Mm-hmm. It, that seems like a mistake. We need to push it, strike while the iron's hot, so to speak. To let everyone, let you're like, because you know, I I think it's so it's so interesting. You know, I have never done a Kickstarter. The only time I've ever sold books is at cons, and I've made you know fairly decent money. But it'd be so interesting. Like I guess right now, I mean, you have seventy four backers. That's what I'm looking at right now, and that's seventy four people invested in your book. Yes. That that's a good that's a good starting following, and it's only going to get bigger once the the goal is completed. You want to keep those people hungry; they're going to be hungry for more after they get the book. But then, how are you going to give them it? And you don't want to wait a year to give them the second issue. No, absolutely not. It's uh, yeah. We were at a uh, Orocon in Northern California this past weekend, which was uh, about an hour and twenty minutes outside of Sacramento. And uh, we met all these great people that were so interested in the property. And it, it took my breath away that all we had was that promo that you see on the Kickstarter, those first seven pages. Mm-hmm. And then there was a couple pages of character biographies and an About Us section at the back. And I had 25 of those, and we just blew through them. I did not expect that just for a promo issue. We sold enough of the promo issue and the posters that we brought that it paid for all of my printing costs to be there. Oh, well, there you go. And considering we didn't even have an actual full book, that's humbling. That's awesome. That's what you want. So I like that. I like that you're. And are you going to be using Kickstarter again for the second issue? We will indeed. I, I really, I really hope, I really hope for the best for the series, Mark. Thank you very much, Tyler. I appreciate that sentiment. It's, uh, it, it's you know, we're trying to give AAA quality writing and artwork, but with that risk taking that we were talking about, that indies can only pull off. No, exactly. So, um, let this be known, everyone, that I will be backing into the darkness. <laughs> Since everyone here's on this podcast, here's me. I'm like, I'm not going to back any kickst- back kickstarters, but I'm going to back this today, today, guys. So you have my, wow. you got me. 
Thank you. Uh, that, <laughs> that means a lot to me. That really means a lot to me. No, no, no problem. And uh, once it once it comes out, once it comes out, I get it. I'll I'll definitely do a review of it on my page. I do. I like reviewing indie comic books on my page. I, I'm kind of harsh to people if they send me theirs. I tell them just so you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna rip you. But this looks great already. Oh, thank you. I've, yeah, I've told people the same thing. I've had people ask me if I'd review their scripts. I'm like, uh, I will, and I will be honest. If it's great, I will tell you. And if it's not, I will tell you. <laughs> yeah, you need to you need to be ripped, honestly. It's good. Yeah, I'll be nice about it, but I'll tell you exactly what's wrong. <laughs> Sometimes I, I won't be so nice about yeah. it. I mean, if you can, if you can't letter write and have giant white spaces to the sides of every one of your speech bubbles, I'm going to point that out. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, a, a big thing with the when I when I review a book is is I'm like, come on, guys, can we fix the lettering? Because it just it distracts from everything. It's if distracting. It, if it's not consistent. Uh, the other th- advice I have for anybody writing a comic book in script writing is dialogue. Say everything out loud. Oh, always. I, always. Oh, yeah. Always. If I'm... I, there was a comic book I, was, I reviewed to tell my channel, and I was just like... I read the book. I read the first two pages out loud, and I was like, did any of that make sense? It's... It, stop with the run-on sentences. Don't plot-dump exposition into giant word bubbles with 300 words each into a single page. And understand that real people use contractions when they speak. I don't know what that is with indie writers. A lot of them, for some odd reason, do not use contract. Or will not use contractions. Mm-hmm. Everything's do not, will not, cannot. Real people don't talk like that. Yeah, I have foreign friends where English isn't their first language. They don't talk like that. <laughs> and like you're trying to convey that these are people. These are real people. Like they're not gonna. They talk the way you, you should write as if like you know they'll talk the way you talk. Right. So say say everything out loud if you can. Get a few people together and do a table read. That's really helpful. Oh, that sounds cool. That sounds cool. All right, everyone. Mark, thanks for being on the show. Everyone, go to the description down below and uh, check out this Kickstarter. I'm not going to tell you to back it, but I'm going to back it. And if you feel so inclined to back it, you should back it too. Also, go follow them on at itd comic you can find that on instagram and twitter um that that um what is it frick it's been on the screen so you can tell you could you could tell this whole time <laughs> to like at it so there you go mark thanks for being on the show I, I, let's get you on again thank you very much teller i'd love to speak with you again it would be my pleasure all right boom everyone once again thanks for listening hit the subscribe button like and comment tell us what you thought of this episode you guys have a great day <laughs>